Longhorns Unfiltered coming to you live from the Alamo Dome where the Texas Longhorns closed out the 2019 football season with an emphatic 38-10 win over the favored Utah Utes. I'm Sid Golden, joined here by the Duck Kirk Bowles. The Davis boys will be joining us a little later. Duck, it was a wire-to-wire ass-kicking. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, it was total domination and against a very good 11-win Utah team that was trying to get in the college football playoff, just like Georgia a year ago. And But I thought they were motivated. I thought, you know, it was a war out there, and uh, Texas just took them apart. Took them apart in every conceivable statistic. They held Utah to 254 yards of total offense. That's a Pac-12 offense, 254 yards. That's usually a half for a Pac-12 team. And against the best rushing defense in all of college football, the Texas Longhorns go for 231 yards. And and, uh, Tyler Huntley had problems all day long with a, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, with a vaunted Texas pass rush. They got after him, Doug. We we really did see that, didn't we? We did. He was under duress the whole game. Couldn't breathe. And Joseph Asai just brought it. That guy is Mr. Bowl game. Had eight tackles against Georgia. Had nine uh, tonight. Three sacks. Three sacks. Six tackles for losses. He had three sacks, Sid. Their leader on the season was Juwan Mitchell with three sacks. But guess what they did, Doug? What did they do? They they moved Joseph Osai, and, and they put him on the edge. Exactly. He played a lot more defensive end than he no did question. linebacker. And that's where he's And mad. that's where they need him to be, Doug. This team has been missing a quality pass rusher for a long time. Oh, yeah. He could be the guy. Oh, I he think could he be could a 10 be. or 11 sack type guy. Because he's athletic. He's, he's one of those fast twitch guys. He's explosive. And, boy, he brings a lot of energy and a lot of juice. And uh, that may be as much as anything we saw tonight, you know, bodes well for next year. You know the thing that really, you said juice, Malcolm Roach, man. Yeah. I know Malcolm Roach has had his ups and downs. He's been hurt a lot during his career. But when you when you want to talk about a guy who closed out his senior year, his college football career on a high note. Mm-hmm. He was the emotional leader of that defense right. during the highs and the lows of this season. He brought the right amount of energy. Joseph Osai, his protege, followed suit. And what you got was a technical beatdown. Duck, we are colonists, and we don't mind saying when we got it wrong. No. I got it wrong. I had Texas losing by double digits. We didn't expect this, and I watched a lot of, you know, Pac-12 football as an AP voter staying up late, and Utah's very good on both sides of the ball, and they couldn't do anything with Texas. And Texas looked not just more physical, but more athletic. They had speed. Roshan Johnson, Keontae Ingram is running all over the bit, over the field. Devin Duvernay doing his thing late, getting Colin. To compliment Devin Duvernay because they took out Devin Duvernay the first half. He wasn't getting targets, and but it opened it up for for Colin Johnson and the running game for Keontae Ingram. Good performance from Sam Ellinger. This time last year, he was saying we're back. They weren't, Doug. He, no, they, they weren't. weren't back. And Sam said, "I'm not going to say that again." <laughs> he learned his lesson. He learned his lesson. He's not going to say that again. But they took a nice step in the right direction. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about the offense okay. first. Uh, you mentioned Keontae Ingram and Roshan Johnson. They both ran angry. 
they were they just Texas up front and on on the edges on both ends, especially on offense, just seemed to be a step faster than Utah. I was shocked by that, Doug. Well, I was too. And, and like you said, they're very athletic. You know, Keontae Ingram had that athletic play where he, he leapfrogged one of oh, the yeah. Utah defenders. And then how about that play on uh, that uh, long run, 31 yards by Sam Ellinger? You know, they had like four wides, and they were Utah was in press coverage. They read that, and he just split the gut and ran for it. See, like everything they ran worked. It seemed like they had the throwback, reverse. Devin Duvernay threw back to Sam Ellinger once, and uh, it just seemed like it was all all gold tonight. Well, Daniel Davis joins us, Danny. Uh, I got to ask you about this defense, man. I didn't see this coming. I, I just I knew Texas was going to be inspired to play, but uh, that, this is statistically the third worst defense in school history. They sure didn't look like it tonight. Yeah, it seems like they mixed some things up and. You know, I don't know if it was they were playing angry or playing inspired or whatever, you know, cliche you want to use, but it worked tonight. And those guys had something to prove, and perhaps this Utah team was a little overrated. And um, once Texas figured out a way to kind of shut down their run, save for a few couple nice, uh, nice plays, you know, they didn't really have the options. It wasn't like Huntley came in as a 4,000-yard passer. Um, and so, I mean, they just did a good job of taking away what Texas, uh, what Utah did well. I think uh, putting Joseph Asai so close to the line was um, was good. And even, you know, starting a kid who started the season as a walk-on, as one of your linebackers, worked out for Texas. So, you know, good on, good on Craig Niver and those, the rest of those defensive coaches. Well, Kirk, I know you wrote a, you wrote a couple of columns uh, leading into the game. And, you know, one of them, I, I know we had some lunch today, and I I classify it as a takedown of Texas. There are some strong statements in there, and uh, I know I know you've felt the brunt of that from the Twitterverse and even from some higher-ups over on the 40 acres. Uh, do you think it was a redemptive win for Texas or just a short, small step in the right direction? Oh, we, we can't, we can't over-count over this thing like we did with Georgia because Texas turned out not to be back. Well, I think we don't know, but what we do know is it does bolster their confidence. It shows them what they can do when they're all on the same page. They're all healthy. They're playing inspired football, as Danny said. I mean, they've got, what is it, like 15 starters coming back, including their kicker and their punter. And they're going to have a lot of weapons. And assuming Sam does come back, and I think... What do you, mean, all, what, what do you mean by that? Well, he's not saying he's ready to declare publicly that it's emphatic uh, he's coming back. He's coming back, Kurt. I think we'll all be shocked if he doesn't Where's come he, back. Is he going to go play in the CFL coming back? Well, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess we'll see, right? Sam, so, you know what? Sam just wants to make an announcement that he's coming back and get a little bit of... Give us something to write about in the offseason. I'm not mad at him. I'll take it because we're going to be up to our eyeballs in hoops. So we'll take a chance to, to write a little bit about Sam. But you know what I'd say? It, it, it should help their confidence because, you know, I know probably too much is, is said about bowl games and their outcomes because there's nine months in between. But, you know, finishing the way they did against a, a so-so Texas Tech team, uh, and then finish with such an emphatic, convincing win over an 11-win team. You know, they, they didn't just win today. They just they dominated that game. I mean, if you do, if you take the records away, they, they look like the team that was favored yeah. to win by seven points or more. Uh, we knew they were going to have the crowd. And 
Uh, we didn't know if they were going to show up with the right juice to get this done, but they showed it on both sides of the ball. And, uh, Danny, I know th- these guys get overlooked, but that offensive line, man, that offensive line, they kept Sam clean and open up holes, 231 yards against the nation's top-ranked defense. Uh, how did that set the tone, in your opinion, for the rest of the game? I mean, obviously, I mean, this could said enough. The offensive line, you know, if they're doing a great job, no one knows who they are. It's only when something bad happens that their names get mentioned, and those guys know that that's part of the business, and they, they know the deal. But, you know, um, they got they got some love on the stage afterwards. Uh, Sam gave them a shout-out. Their head coach gave them a shout-out, and they deserved it. Um, uh, talk, you know, we talked to Zach Shackford after the game, and Zach said it was a little bit playing angry, a little bit playing loose, kind of a combination of everything. And you know, they had heard Shaq specifically said they had heard for a while that this was the number one, uh, you know, rushing defense, and they had heard that for the past you know month or so, whenever the season ended, and they felt they had something to prove, and so they went out there and did it. Um, it's going to be kind of interesting going forward because they do have three of those starters, assuming Sam Cosby comes back, um, coming back next year. So there's a foundation there, but they're also losing the heart and soul of that line with the Shaq going on to um, bigger and better things um, in his life. So it'll, you know, it's a good way for him to go out and a foundation for these um, three other guys to kind of build on next season. And the best uh, assistant coach on the team, in my opinion, Herb Hand, tweeted out, I love coaching tough men. And he put the 231 yards rushing mm-hmm. against the top-ranked rush defense. The numbers don't lie, Duck. This was a beatdown. The score was reflective of what went down on that football field. I was shocked that Utah didn't didn't put up a bigger fight. I think the fight was taken out of them by Texas. And I think the Longhorns, Kyle Winningham said it. He goes, I know we lost these last two games, but let's not get it twisted. Oregon and Texas are pretty good teams. He called Texas probably the most talented 7-5 and five team in the country. I think that's a compliment, but if you look at it on uh, a deeper fashion, uh, I take the message that the Horns don't always show up ready to play. They did tonight. You're right, and Tom Herman has been magical in bowl games. He's 4-0 and in his history uh, in bowl games as a head coach. That's what I wrote that they need to call every one of these a bowl game next year and uh, and play accordingly. Uh, it, it tells you what they can do when they're fresh. They've got time to prepare uh, because it's no accident that they play this well in bowl games consistently. And if you look uh, at all the bowl games this season, you know, outside the LSU thumping of Oklahoma and, and Clemson's great second half against Ohio State, who's had a, a more convincing win? You know, in bowl game, I know Mac Brown and the North Carolina team, you know, looked really good, but they weren't playing the same degree of competition. So, you know, Texas fans, you know, they've had their bumps in the road this year, but they got to feel really good about this performance. Well, as we shut it down here, um, looking ahead to the off season, Danny, I'll start with you. Does this galvanize this team? Do they are you able to take a win like this into next season? Because they won a bigger game than this last year and things didn't work out like we thought they would. I don't think so. I think um you know, maybe if this had been some devastating loss, maybe that, you know, 
breeds some laziness or you know slow start to the off season. But you know these it, this is college football. You know they're going to have to go out there week one next week against South Florida and you know prove it all over again. And LSU they got to go to LSU and the Big Twelve is the Big Twelve. So I mean I don't think what happened tonight is going to necessarily you know we can say what's going to happen because like you said you know we all thought this was a lot this season would go a lot different just based off the Sugar Bowl. But you know maybe in the off season programs they're kind of able to use this as fuel and a couple guys are a little bit more excited and willing to work and maybe if anything just the entire season and them knowing this is what this team can be we just got to figure out how to make this consistent and not have those slip-ups against TCU not have those slip-ups at Iowa State and that can kind of maybe build something for next season yeah the great teams play like this week in week out and you know LSU which we saw up close and personal in September they got better and better and better so where you saw it at the end where they're scoring 50 against A&M and they take care of Georgia and then they just thoroughly toy with uh, Oklahoma so uh, you know it's it, it is hard to measure you know what this means it it may mean more in the weight room in January and February than in the waiting game while we're waiting nine months to see, you know, who's healthy. You remember last August, remember every running back on the roster was hurt, and then once the season started, every cornerback in safety, you know, seemed to be hurt. So it's hard to predict, but it sure as hell beats the alternative. You know, it's kind of nice to write about a win uh, going yeah. into the uh, into the off season. I, I, I'm not, I didn't make it out in my column to be this huge landmark event. Uh, I know I know some people are going to over-dramatize what just went down on that football field. What I'm going to call it is just a great performance uh, on one glorious evening in the Alamo City by the Texas Longhorns. Uh, the young guys may, may take some confidence from this, but they're going to have to follow through and, and hit, hit it hard just like they did in the weeks leading up to this game. Maybe maybe Tom Herman's good at getting a team ready three weeks before a bowl game. He's got to do a better job of getting them uh, ready to play from week to week. Brian Davis joining us as we finish up. BD, uh, Chris Del Conte told us that this team is galvanized. They believe in the culture. They believe in everything we're doing. And more important, he says he believes and one Thomas Joseph Herman the third. What did you take from our conversation with CDC, and what do you think this win is going to do for the program moving forward? Well, he was definitely excited, as he should be. You know, it's been a lot of up and downs. But to finish, I mean, look, we said before this that this was not going to change the storyline for 2020, and it doesn't, okay? Um, but what it does do is that it gives everyone – a, a feel-good moment for the next few months. You always want to finish on a victory. Yes. Always, always, always. It's always about hope. It's always about hope. Hope always springs eternal, right? Um, and so, and so that's what Del Connie talked about. Absolutely, he believes that Tom is the right guy. But you know, this is a, progress is a bumpy thing. There's no straight line to success, you know. But that said, Cedric, I agree with everything you just said. You shouldn't overdramatize what happened tonight. However. It was a very strong reminder to this crew, if they are all dialed in and they are all doing what they're supposed to be doing and they are imposing their will, they can win a lot of football games. You know, and to me that was to me that's the big takeaway from tonight is that it is a reminder to every single person in that locker room, hey, look around the room guys. We've got talented players. 
Okay, stick yeah. w- stick with the plan, make it work, go out, you know, punch the opposing team in the mouth, and we might actually win more than we lose. So it's like a very novel concept. Like we're talking about, fifteen starters back. You got a veteran quarterback. Mm-hmm. You do lose your top two receivers, but you got a load of running backs back. You got some talented receivers. You got people like Bijan Robinson coming in. If I'm the coaches, I'm going to say, why can't you be LSU and and do what they did? Like like the game we saw tonight. Okay, take that. I'd like to have that team show up in the first quarter of every game this year. Okay, including, including the team, the games against bad teams. Absolutely, absolutely. But that's the how many problem. how many games this year did we come to this podcast and go? Well, they got another slow start. You know, it became it was their signature, a signature slow start. Hey guys, if you get off to a fast start and punch them in the mouth, you know maybe you can maybe you can get after it early and you put them in. All. On I mean, I, it's it's so rudimentary, but it, yes, it is so incredibly frustrating. And I'm sure a lot of Texas fans were watching this game tonight, and they were on TV or in the stadium, and they were thinking, God, where has this been all year? You know what? They were happy to see what was going on, but they were infuriated. Absolutely. what could have been. What could have been. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, but that said, you can't change the past. Looking forward, and we'll, you know, we don't have time on this podcast to get into forward, but, you know. Joe Osai, my man, he's gonna he's gonna be a cornerstone of 2020. Mm-hmm. I like the DBs they got coming back. Yeah. Um, you're gonna have a quarterback, a senior quarterback, which a lot of college teams would die for. Yes, right. I mean, there's coming a, back, right? Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, back. right? Yeah. Stop look, I, look, back. I'm not gonna Stop. sit here and say Texas is gonna win the Big 12 or any r- ridiculous thing like that. I'm picking OU just but, for the record. <laughs> I don't blame you, but but you know, it's it's not it's not dire. Okay, new coordinators. Herman's going to be motivated. There's there's a lot that this team can work with, and that's a win. That's it's a, a thirty eight ten win. The season is over. They go eight and five. They're not back, but I think they're headed in the right direction. For Brian Davis, Danny Davis, the Duck Kirk Bowles, I'm said Golden. The football season is over, but our work continues. Check our stuff out on Hook'em.com. Happy New Year, friends.